But I think they think it's a district could be won by either party. I think when you see so much money being put in, I, I get three and four mailers in that race alone, if it's sometimes in, the, in a day. For the News and Observer in Raleigh, North Carolina, I'm Lucille Sherman. This is the special 2020 elections edition of Domecast. Every week until November 3rd, we'll be spotlighting a different legislative or statewide race. This week, we're taking a look at Senate District 24. It's not one that immediately caught my attention when I was looking at what races to feature on this podcast, but it's going to be a pretty contentious race. Reporting to you live from my crammed pandemic work from home office, here's why you should care about this race. First, Senate District 24, which encompasses Alamance County and parts of Guilford County, has been held for five terms by Republican State Senator Rick Gunn. He ran for the fifth time in 2018 against Democrat J.D. Wooten, who is an Air Force veteran and attorney. Wooten lost, but that 2018 race was really the first time we saw this district as competitive in the last decade or so. Alamance County is pretty heavily red, and once the district lines were redrawn to include parts of the city of Greensboro, the demographics of this district really shifted. Before we dive more into learning about this district, here are some things you need to know about the senator currently holding this seat. In Rick Gunn's final legislative session, he introduced multiple bills that would have reopened businesses shuttered by the coronavirus. And in late August, a lawsuit was filed alleging he had an affair with his legislative assistant, Karen Johns. The lawsuit was filed by John's husband, Arthur, who said the affair led to their divorce. So now we're looking at two brand new candidates for the seat. The first is Wooten, who ran back in 2018 and lost. The second is Republican candidate and Alamance County Commissioner Amy Gailey. I've covered this race in recent weeks because of Gunn's lawsuit allegations, as well as a particular controversy. Namely, the Republican Party has alleged that Democratic candidate J.D. Wooten committed fraud. I wrote about this claim earlier this month, and here's the gist. When Wooten ran against Gunn in 2018, he lived in McLeansville, which is inside Senate District 24. Five months after he lost the election in March of 2019, Wooten moved to a house outside of Senate District 24 and used a VA-backed loan to pay for it. Remember, he's an Air Force veteran. Two months later, while he was still living outside the district, he announced he would run again in 2020. You're only required to live in the district one year ahead of the election, so this was okay for him to live outside of the district at the time. But then in October 2019, with more than a year until the election, he moved to a new house in Greensboro inside the district. This is where Republicans allege Wooten did something wrong. The deed on Wooten's home that he paid for using a VA loan says he needs to live in that home as his primary residence for at least a year unless there are extenuating circumstances. Wooten said he qualified for those circumstances when he decided to run for office. But Republicans alleged that Wooten had planned to run all during that time, and they pointed to the fact that he paid a campaign manager in the months leading up to his announcement. 
In response, Wooten has said he was working on an after-action report and also emphasized that committee accounts don't automatically close, which is true. And last week, Wooten filed a lawsuit against Gailey and two other groups saying they've run advertisements and disseminated flyers and mailings that contain defamatory falsehoods. You can read more about the story at newsobserver.com. But to me, this controversy signals something larger. Both parties are really gunning for this seat. Democrats would really like to flip the seat to the blue, and Republicans would like to hold on to it. Remember, Democrats need to win five additional seats in the North Carolina Senate to gain a majority. If Wooten wins the Senate, Democrats are one seat closer to that majority. I wanted to know more about the dynamics of Senate District 24 from someone that actually lives there. So I talked with Madison Taylor, a former newspaper editor there. Before we hear from him, we're going to take a quick break. Are you ready? Yep. All right. Madison Taylor is a former executive editor of the Burlington Times News. Before he left the paper to join Elon University as a development writer, he spent 34 years in the newspaper industry. He's lived in Senate District 24 twice, once from 1984 to 1992, and now when he moved back in 2007. Thanks so much for joining me, Madison. No, thanks for asking. So first, as a resident of Senate District 24, I wanted to see if you could tell me a little bit about what the district is like. Well, it's it's basically a working class community for years and years built on textile industry. Now as the textile industry has moved into other places and a lot of the mills shut down, become places sort of like looking for its own economic traction, left a large number of people disaffected or, or you know, unable to get jobs that were like able to sustain families as the mill jobs had for years. The largest employer outside of government or, or university or education is LabCorp, uh, which is the largest laboratory testing company, I think, in the world or among the leaders. And they're headquartered in Burlington, downtown, just across the street from the Times News office. They've got several testing facilities all throughout uh, the community. They fly test results in and out of the airport 24 hours a day. Sort of a fascinating operation. But a lot of their employees don't live in Alamance County. Same with Elon University. A lot of staff live in Alamance County, but a lot of faculty live in Orange County or Wake County or Guilford County, Slyth County. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a mixed bag in that, in that way. Large rural area, there's still fairly strong farming community. So it's, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's conservative, very Southern. It's become more conservative, I think, over the years. But, but yeah, it's, that's pretty much it sets it up. Yeah. So the district was redrawn, I think, ahead or right after the 2016 election. Is that right? Well, it was been redrawn a few times. And after the census of 2010, it was drawn and became such a heavily Republican district that the court threw it out. And it was redrawn after that. That, that district after 20, well, well, not exactly 2010. It was more like it went into effect in like the 2012 election or the 2014 include Randolph County and Alamance County. Randolph County has got double the number of Republicans as does Democrats. Alamance County is a little more even, and Democrats have a few more registered voters. Uh, the thing you note in Alamance County now is the high number of unaffiliated voters, almost as many unaffiliated as Republicans and Democrats. So it was it was too weighted as a Republican district, so the court made them go back and redraw it. And they had that election, the first election with a new alignment in 2017, which is not the usual election year. That's more like an off-election year. That included that eastern part of Guilford County that's now part of the district. And races became a little, little closer then. Prior to that, they were they were pretty lopsided. 
before well before 2010, let's let's go ahead and say it, it was a very winnable district for Democrats. There was a Democrat to Senator Tony Forrest who held the seat at the time. He lost twice to to Rick Gunn. He lost a really tough, contentious battle in around around 2012, and then lost in a rematch, basically, I think in 2014. But I may be off on my years that. But those were both like I think more than a million dollars was raised in both those races. Oh wow. Yeah, and so in 2018, the now Democratic candidate for the race this year challenged Senator Rick Gunn and lost. But that was one of the first years we sort of saw it swing back to a more balanced or more competitive district. Wooten lost by 6,000 votes, but that was his first, I think it was his first bid for elected office. He'd never run for anything before. Yep, that's right. So now I want to know more about Senator Rick Gunn, who I know you know a few things about. Can you tell me about him and sort of what his reputation was as a senator? He seems to be well-liked considering he held on to a seat for five terms. Well, I mean, Rick, Rick's well-known in the community. He grew up in Burlington. He's a real estate person there. He's owned his own business for years there. So I think that sort of gave him a big leg up. It's just in terms of like, you know, recognition. He was recognized beyond being being somebody who was running for office, he was recognized as somebody who's been a part of, you know, the fabric of Burlington as a, as a resident for years and years. So, and he had a lot of friends. He has a lot of friends, say, you know, at the Alamance Country Club or, you know, Rick, Rick gets around like that. He uh, he's, he's very, you know, I wouldn't say very conservative. He's flexible conservative. He's, he's uh, you know, I tell people that you know, he's a conservative, but he's not a crazy, he's not a fanatic about it. So he's willing to like be flexible on some things. But, you know, he took some criticism about education spending when he followed sort of a Republican leadership on that. Rick always contended that it was a vote that was misunderstood. And, you know, it's a fair point. We tried to like, you know, balance that out when we were working for the newspaper. So he didn't always like what we printed, but Rick was, Rick's pretty much held, held with the GOP leadership. He, he split on HB2, the famous, infamous bathroom bill, once he saw that it was going to sort of cost things like the ACC tournament in Greensboro or Charlotte, those things were going to go away. Backed off on that a little bit. So Rick, Rick is, he's very social. He likes to have a good time. I think, you know, didn't, didn't they call him Senator Fun? And that uh, the nickname for him? That is right. That is right. I try not to engage in that <laughs> description of him, but he... In his send-off, you know, his sort of last hurrah in the legislature was he sponsored a lot of reopening bills, reopening pieces of legislation related to coronavirus. Um, so he tried reopening bars and gyms and honestly too many other things to count. And that did align with his Senator Fun <laughs> nickname. Well, and he voted for, he voted for things that like allowed the craft beer industry to, to flourish in North Carolina and and he voted for for a lot of kind of votes like that or a lot of measures like that he uh my biggest my biggest point of contention with Rick had to do with his sponsorship and endorsement of payday lenders so he he was really behind that and I, I lived in a military town for 16 years and they were off base for the military and I felt like if the military felt like payday lenders were bad things then they're, they're predatory and probably should be not allowed. That was a big point of contention between me and Rick. But but he, he was for historic tax credits to rebuild downtowns, you know, or to restore old mills and to like repurposing them into things like microbreweries. So he's, he, was, he was a big supporter of that. Okay, so what were, I guess, what do voters 
outside of this district need to know about this district? It seems like this time around, there's a little bit more money being spent here in the race between Amy Gailey and Democrat J.D. Wooten. It seems more competitive now. What, you know, what do people outside of this district need to know? There's a few things. I think a couple of things are at work. I think, you know, Amy Gailey has been a county commissioner for the last few years and Wooten has went in for Senate last time. So, you know, they're, they're generally known. Amy's really well known. She's like related to the Scott family that served as governors twice in North Carolina in the last century. Kerr Scott was a, was a governor and then a U.S. senator. And then Bob Scott was a governor in like 1968. They were both Democrats. Amy's a Republican, but she was like a, a cousin of that family. So when she ran for, for the first time for county commissioner, she ran as Amy Scott Gailey. So she has not done that lately. So she's she's fairly well known. But I think they think it's a district that could be won by either party. I think when you see so much money being put in, I, I t- like I told you yesterday, I get three and four mailers in that race alone, every, sometimes in, in a day. Some making like incredibly incredible claims about the one, incredible claims about the other. Very few of them are, are touting themselves as you know great people. Gailey's got a few of those that uh, tout her as, as a mother and and a leader and somebody who's made like good decisions during the COVID nineteen crisis as the chairman of the county commissioners. A lot of that money is coming in from out of out of our community. It's not like you know I think uh, uh, they're like third party, not third party obviously, but you know outside outside uh, PACs that, you know, are got unlimited money almost to spend on a lot of races in North Carolina that they think are either one, a seat that's in jeopardy or a seat that can be flipped. So that's been the case in, in NC24 for a while. When Forrest ran against Doug Gunn uh, twice, a lot of flyers came in those races too. Not so many when, when Gunn was running unopposed or when he was running against John Thorpe. And a lot of, a lot of mailers were in that race. A lot of money was spent in that race. So I think, you know, it's, it's good for people outside the, the district to know that. It's also, I think, important to note that, you know, there's a lot of, you know, Alamance County, again, is very conservative. But, uh, it it was always conservative, but it used to be conservative Democrats. Like, you know, before the, how Nixon, like, altered the course of, of Southern voting, a lot of people in the community in Alamance County are still Democrats, but they vote Republican. You know, there's more, de- more registered Democrats than Republicans, but Republicans hold almost every major seat in the county. They're... All five county commissioners are Republican. All the state House and Senate members are Republican. Uh, I think the only Democrats are in nonpartisan offices. So it's a strongly Republican community that Democrats have won here, but Democrat turnout has to be huge. So they have to, they have to really get out the vote in order to be able to co- compete. And another thing, another aspect of right now that's going on in terms of current, current events now that may be a dynamic in this race is the Confederate monument in downtown Graham that's at the historic courthouse. There are a few hundred protesters, well, actually a few thousand protesters sometimes in downtown Graham on weekends. Protesters like there's Black Lives Matter protesters, but there's also a neo-Confederate group, Alamance County, taking back Alamance County, counter-protesting. And typically a lot of times protesters show up for county commissioner's meetings and you can hear them shouting outside the chamber doors during, during, the, during the meetings. Wow. And then my last question for you is, if I'm a voter who's just tuning into this race and I live here and this is my district that I get to vote in, what are some things I need to be thinking about or what do I need to know about this race? Well, I think education funding in Alamance County is an issue. It's been an issue for a long time, sometimes because the schools have been sort of underfunded. I think, you know, you you have to weigh that probably in whatever decision that you want to make. 
I think that's that's one of the larger ones. I think industrial recruitment and how that relates to the county's image outside Alamance County is something that you have to consider. To me, those are those are two very, very large issues. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that's all the questions I have for you. Is there anything else you think I need to know or voters need to know? No, I mean, just, you know, I'm just encouraging people to go vote. I think without candidate forms, I mean, without the, the, the newspaper has traditionally like led candidate forms. I think right now there's sort of a, a dearth of that. And then, you know, some the newspaper does not able to get quite as many, not quite as much information about the candidates themselves to the to the public. And I think, I'm, I'm hoping that voters can can find enough information on their own. Me too. Thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, anytime. Take care. It's Monday, September 21st, and there are 43 days left until the general election. There's a lot of election news making headlines right now, but the biggest headline over the weekend was that Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away Friday evening. The fight to replace her will become a key issue in the presidential race from here on out. There's lots more election news that you can find at newsobserver.com. Thanks for listening. See you next Monday.